Where does football go from here? I guess we'll find out on this week's edition of the Owls Americas, Sheffield Wednesday Opinion with an American Accent. I'm your host, Jeffrey Paternostro, and let me tell you, I fired up the extended highlights this morning for roughly the 50th time uh, since Thursday evening, and right about the time Michael Smith's penalty went in this time, I just sat there and had a little chill come over myself and thought, fuck, they have to play another game. So to take the edge off, uh, I made myself a zombie, a, a classic of the tiki milieu, Don the Beachcomber, three kinds of rum. There's some 140 proof rum in here. Some fruit juices, some spices, some mangostura, some other stuff. I stayed pretty close to the uh, Smuggler's Cove recipe, at least as close as I could with what I had around the house. Uh, I did not put it in a blender because I did not feel like firing up my blender, so I just vigorously shaked it and i don't have a zombie glass either so i open poured it into this double walled 14 ounce pilsner glass and i will sip it throughout the show as we discuss wednesday's upcoming a playoff final at wembley against barnsley and boy do we have a crew to do so we will start as usual in new england with our new england owl justin disorder justin what are you drinking hey jeff good to see you glad to be here this is uh this is big stuff um, I do want to give a shout out to my uh, 1800 Añejo tequila old fashioned mm. that was uh, quite good. And it was a little bit stiffer than I was maybe expecting. So I haven't been drinking as much as I have recently. So that'll happen. But that polished off. I'm working on a main beer company, Mo, M-O, Pale Ale. Um, I was looking for sort of a single serving beer to get me through the pod. And I was a, a perfect find at the uh, at the packy. The sixteen point nine, if I recall correctly. No, 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 no. Oh, it's the big one. Not. The, the, uh, oh, yeah. No, no. Sixteen point nine. Size. Yeah, yeah. No, not not eight. Not eight. Eight. I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. Out in Portland, Oregon. It's Mike Laroon. Mike, what are you drinking? Jeff, how are you? Did the, Mal- uh, did the Malbec make it to Wednesday? No, the Malbec. <laughs> Thank you. Malbec can make it to Friday. Uh, I have a rum from the uh, Thinking Tree Spirits, which is down in Eugene. This is their, uh, I'm going to go with Whitaker, Whiteacre wine. Is this is uh, rum. It's a solar, solar barrel blended mm-hmm. rum. Nice. Mixing with, um, we're going to call it a close enough to a dark and stormy. So there's some ginger beer and yeah. Okay. It's a good drink. So onward. Although we are not actually in the championship and he said he would not come back on the podcast while we were still in League One, although he did for the 200th episode and he's here again, I think for one of the pre-national uh, meetups. He's not really a man of his word, but let's find out what he's drinking. <laughs> in New Jersey, it's Patty Jones. Patty, what are you drinking? Thanks for the wonderful introduction, yeah, Jeff. You can't stay away. Um, uh, no, I'm the meetup guy, so I'm uh, I'm on here to promote all the meetups. Yep. Uh, I am drinking a, actually it's an old Old uh, neighborhood of yours, I think, Jeff. Uh, Hoax Brewery, Hoax Brewing, um, Cream Dream from Connecticut. It's a summer stout uh, with a banana split, supposedly finished, but I can't mm. taste much banana split. Interesting. It's a very, it's a very light stout. It's very drinkable. It's good. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a dessert stout. It's not a dessert stout. I don't know. Good. I'm not super familiar with that brewery off the top of my head, although basically the entire state of Connecticut is in my neighborhood when <clears> I was in Connecticut because it's not a very big state. My friend got it at a wrestling show, so it was right up your streets. Yeah. Sadly, you're now in the middle of nowhere, so. Yeah. <laughs> also on the line, in Charleston, South Carolina, 
It's our national meetup host. Uh, I already know what he's drinking, but I'm going to ask him anyway. I'll ask him how many, too. Uh, it's Tommy Byrne. Tommy, what are you drinking? Is this number four or five? Well, Jeff, um, I was uh, I was gladly informed this afternoon that I have a lot of leave that I have to take before the first of the month. So uh, they're making me take tomorrow off. So this is my fifth bullet Manhattan. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> it might be fireworks tonight. <laughs> Well, there's certainly a lot to talk about, and we will. Well, uh, so we did the last show like right after playoff final, so you know, a little, a little, little all over the place. We were all a little drunk, so we might uh, just take a look back one last time before we move forward to the Barnsley game. We will cover the Wednesday news, such as it is, and yes, we will preview the upcoming playoff final at Wembley. So I, I phrased it this way: it's like. We've all probably watched uh, the short highlights, the ESPN Plus highlights, the EFL highlights, the extended highlights from the club with uh, with Robin John, the German highlights, potentially, maybe the Petersburg highlights. I don't know. <laughs> um, so after watching the highlights of these matches, I said roughly 50 times. Was there anything that any of you noticed that you didn't notice while watching the match live? Mike? I got one. Yeah. The... Uh... The Liam Palmer goal, 98 minutes. We all saw the the header, and that was great that the he he opted not to head. He headed it back into the middle and not to, not and headed it back to Palms instead of going for it. But I did not realize how close there the defender was. And I can't find the guy's number, how close he was to clearing the ball. And if he would have been two inches lower, the ball would have been in midfield and the ref would be blowing the whistle. But he didn't. He fluffed, he, he muffed it and it ended up at Bennett's feet. And mm. that, again, game of inches, as we like to say in the baseball world. But yeah, it was uh, some, a lot of, and I think Apple pretty much had a little story behind it like that. Yeah. But, I will say I noticed one other thing with that goal too, which I, I don't think I realized it until I saw it on uh, the inside match day because had a slightly different angle. The way Marvin Johnson creates just enough space to chip it in. Like it's he moves so subtly to make sure the well, guy doesn't he, come up on him. He, he, he takes that pause, picks his head up and yeah. looks and yeah. makes a decision instead yeah. of just hammering it in there. Yeah. yeah, it was great. I will say one thing I noticed that I didn't notice uh initially from just sort of watching the game. I mean, obviously he had a, he had the great goal. Man, Patterson is all over these highlights at right wing back. Tackling, <laughs> passing. Uh, I mean, he just had a. I mean, I thought I thought Reese James was the man of the match for me, but like watching it back, it might have been Patterson. No, Patterson was my man of the match by yeah. a long way. It was his best game of football he's played for Chippewa Wednesday. He was just, uh, he was voted man of the match before he even scored. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah. By the way, nine to minutes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you could always you could always say that the Peterborough keeper was also the man of the match because he made like fifty seven saves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think Darren Moore was just like, just shoot, just. Just fucking shoot. <laughs> shoot him. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> kill him. The Pato the Pato thing was incredible. We'll we'll talk about this with the preview thing and about the Barnsley game, but having him play right wing back, but it's it's sort of modified. He's pushed up. He's almost really playing a wing, not a back. But he's given a little freedom to run around the front. Kind of gives us three at the front. 
um, and kind of a lopsided back line. And, and, and it worked for us, but it, it was crazy. The lineup we put out there, we have him who's playing all the way up. We have Palmer uh, as the defensive midfielder who was given free reign to run with it. James was given room to run with it. Uh, given the circumstance of the game, we played such an extremely open, pushed forward offense. I'm, I'm without jumping ahead. I'm, I'm very curious to see uh, if we have the same strategy. I mean, do we, do we just say, fuck it, throw everything to the wind and let's try to run the score up or, you know, if you change listen, it up. If you listen to like the uh, comments on more about why he chose Palmer there, he wanted to surprise Barnsley, right? It was a kind of like, how can we like wrong foot them a little bit? And uh, so they can kind of like uh, be a little bit kind of shaken by the tactics. And that's something that we've criticized Darren Moore for in the past, right? Is he doesn't have a plan B. But and this is all kind of like out, out of the kind of what um, maybe something that might have missed slightly, you know, on the kind of furor of the. Um, the game, the game, and the result, but like tactically, Moore got that absolutely spot on. Like, it wasn't, just, it wasn't just the energy; it was the switch to Palmer in centre mid. Everyone thought, "What the fuck is he doing?" Like, he's the best right back. So he's been our best player at right wing back. Why would you take him out of the position and put him in midfield? And yet, those two switching around, passing on the right wing back, and Palmer basically won the game for us. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like, like those. Like, I mean, it's a team performance, but those those two were the kind of things that pushed it over the edge. Um, and it's just, yeah. And another thing I want to call out, obviously we've all divulged and all kind of taken this content over the last week or so. Uh, like the the credit that the psychologist is getting, like with the um, uh, Tom Bates's name and things like that. I think one of the um, journalists put some interview in with him this week, actually. I haven't read that yet. But um, like Bannon called it out at the end of the dressing room kind of speech that Moore did that uh, Bannon said, oh, big thanks to the staff and you guys changing the mentality of the team and the squad. Um, and it, if it was like, yes, you were applauding us for the energy, but if it wasn't for you guys, there was doubters in this, in this squad that we couldn't do it. But the work you put in to change our mentality has been second to none. That's what Bannon recognized. And it's come out since that basically Moore was up till like, like seven in the morning after the Peterborough loss, like just fucking strategizing and thinking of bed from like three hours sleep, something training the next day. And clearly, he decided at that point to make sure we change the mentality of that club and how to. How to get them out of the we can like we can't do this to uh, we can do this. I mean, uh, the clubs needed therapy for the better part of twenty years. They often get to their fans too. Is that something that they're going to? Well, Patty, that's a great shout, and I didn't think about it when I originally heard that they practice penalties all week. Right mm. after at the end of every training session, they pass, practice penalties, and I'm like, well, of course they did. Why wouldn't you? It's the playoffs. <laughs> But then you think about it, why would you bother practicing penalties if you didn't think you could get there? And to just instill that mindset, you know, so that that's a great show, Patty. Yeah. And, I and mean, you see that, I, like, with the practicing penalties, but also the, the youth team players shouting abuse at them while they're taking a penalty. They yeah. Had, like, mu- they had music, <laughs> that's perfect. They had music blaring and stuff just trying to put them off. And oh, while we're on penalties, the, uh, things I didn't notice uh, the game, but then what noticed in the highlights afterwards, both Jack Hunt and Michael Smith slip. So Smith's first penalty, he slips as he kicks that ball and it still goes in Bob Corner. Jack Hunt slips the same spot almost as Smith did, but the final penalty. And it just feels like that, again, inches could have gone wrong. <laughs> so I actually think, I I saw you put that in WhatsApp. I think because of the way Hunt's taking that penalty and he's kind of chipping it to the top corner, he's like designing to slip. He's like trying to stop short. I think so. I think it was part of the... yeah. Part of the part of the run up, Smith actually just does slip, and it, it doesn't matter because he just <laughs> leathers it. Um, another thing I noticed that I mean I, I thought it was great in real time, 
but when I saw it on replay, <laughs> the Lee Gregory dummy for the third goal is just oh. he takes two players <laughs> out. I, I, I absolutely I perverse. On like six times, just rewind, go, I have rewind, the sense go. <laughs> and you can see because like James points to where he wants it, and as yeah. soon as he does that, Gregory starts drifting over. And just absolutely takes both defenders out. And to be fair to James, James still, James has a very tight angle there. He still has a lot to do. And he just nutmegs the keeper and slides it right in. That was, was his first goal of Wednesday. Yes, it, it is. I can't believe that was his first goal of Wednesday. I thought yeah. he'd scored previously. What a time to get that. That that dummy reminded me of a uh, here's a here's a timely uh reference for you kids. The uh, uh Kevin McHale uh up and ah. under move where it was so exaggerated and over the top by Gregory. It was like, if you were demonstrating to seven-year-olds, this is how to dummy be like, mm. and then I turn <laughs> and I place my foot out wide. And yet it was sold so hard that like you said, Jeff took two dudes out. Just brilliant. Uh, and also speaking of the penalties, I do have one more. I mentioned last week, like why in the world would you like man up to Jack Hunt in that spot? Like of all the <laughs> players on Monday, he was doing it for like long. And like Hunt's just sitting there chewing his gum. But he like at some point he looks up at the keeper and just like right before he puts the ball down, just like a slight smile comes over his face. So it's like oh just God. for like a split second, and then it's just back to chewing his gum. Cold as fucking ass. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the sky announcer announced how many how many how many playoff games has Jack Hunt 13, played? Thirteen, apparently. It yeah. was crazy. Yeah. Quite a lot of person that you've yeah. been in that playoff game. <laughs> yeah. from- and only, only uh, what, what six with us now? So he's, I, I well, he's, he's, he's got the most, over. the most number of playoff appearances with Wednesday. Oh, that probably makes sense too. Yeah, and, uh, all six of them. Did you see the tweet from Huddersfield Town after um, the the match? Because obviously mm-hmm. he's played for them yeah. scored, scored penalties yeah. before. I think maybe not even a playoff. Jack Hunt yeah. might score in the playoffs too. It was just basically like, yeah, we had faith in Jack Hunt scores penalty because he picture of him in, in his like Huddersfield Town shirt, basically chewing gum. <laughs> a picture of him in the Wednesday shirt chewing gum. <laughs> so, like, yeah. uh, so Patty, you were on you were on last week's show, and obviously uh, you were down in, in the football factory for all this. What were your thoughts? Like, what was, what was the mood there when Jack Hunt stepped up for the fifth penalty? At did you? Yeah. Did you know who it was? Did you? Did you? Yeah, exactly. Did you know it was going to be Hunt? Oh, no. I have no fucking idea. We, no, we couldn't figure it we out. We couldn't figure out who it was going to be. Yeah. But you know what? At that point, I don't think I, don't think I had any thoughts going through my brain whatsoever. <laughs> uh, it, the whole thing was kind of like a blur. So, but same thing, I had no thoughts. I didn't, there was any doubt. Uh, it didn't feel like I had any doubt that we were going to lose that game. So even when we went one uh, four one down, four one up in the um, extra time, and they scored, we scored that own goal. I kind of just thought we'd still get another goal because it was so open at that point. And I just mm-hmm. I thought we can't have scored in the ninety eighth minute <laughs> to then lose this. That I mean, I just, it just felt wrong. And then when Pato scored, obviously we all went nuts. Um, but like that that penalty shootout just went by so fast. I had to ask when Jack couldn't score. Like I, I had to ask. I was like, have we won? Have we won? <laughs> Is that it? Have we won? So I wasn't really keeping like like count or just like fuck, we've won. We actually, we're through with it. It's all over. And I was just like, <laughs> this saga's over. Yeah, so it was it was mental. And even when Palmer's goal went in the the 98th minute, I I was looking at the offside. I was looking at the linesman. I was like, it's gotta be like it can't be it, right? We're gonna call it back. We're gonna call it back. Everyone's like going nuts. This this doesn't happen to us, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just couldn't believe it. Yeah. I just looked. I looked. I looked at Paul in the face, and I was like, "Did that? Is it, happen? Is it in? Tell me, it's in." 
they did a great like, like always all day i'm waiting for the ins i've already watched all the i don't think the german highlights were up from andy yet but i watched all did the other watch highlights those? at that point yeah of course oh man brilliant <laughs> but then like inside match they like they tease inside match and they, it was the best tease ever it's just the hi-ho sheffield wednesday and just the camera from behind gregory you're just like yeah oh like, that, yeah when you watch on to the <laughs> yeah pitch, it's just like yeah that's it's like amazing the thing and I they love... drop it and it's 38 minutes long. <laughs> the thing I love about inside match day highlights. Yeah. They wanted it's it's the one edit that none of the other people did. They wanted nothing to do with the pitch invasion. They were just like, and it went in, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nothing to do with the pitch invasion. Well, the cameraman was probably ran off. He's like, fuck this. Yes or no, or this is good or this is bad. You can tell like the editor was just like he was he was he was feeling it when he did the uh it's right around like 840 when they're transitioning between the two matches and they just have like Darren Moore and the empty pitch getting interviewed and they do like the repeated like closer cuts in saying we gotta we gotta go back to the drawing board and come up with a plan for next week. And the, for it's perfect because there's like I don't know what they're doing, but somebody there's like somebody hammering in the background. And you just get that hammer over and over again on each cut, and it's just like, yeah, like this is actually. And as a, as a video editor for many many years, like you get that, and you're just like, oh, this is perfect. I got to use this, and you just you go hog wild. That that's how Avengers Endgame ended too. Was the hammering? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not gonna lie. I am. Uh, I got a full disclosure here. I didn't. I didn't get to watch the match. What? <laughs> yeah. Which one? The first I had to work. Or second one. The first. I had to work. The second one, I didn't get. I didn't get to watch. Oh, mate! It was. I watched the first one, and it was. <laughs> uh, I wanted to hang myself, and then uh, I didn't get to watch the second one because I had to work. <laughs> so, how did you find out the score? Were you following, were you following the score? At work my wife work? called me at work right in the middle of a meeting, and I sent it. <laughs> I sent it to voicemail, and then she called me right back, and I thought it was an emergency about my daughter going into labor or something, and I was like, "Hey, what's up?" She's like. Wednesday fucking one. <laughs> <laughs> so right in the middle of work, I made a complete ass out of myself, uh. and uh, probably, probably I'm not going to get the evaluation that I got last year. <laughs> <laughs> well, well worth, worth it. promotion. Worth it. <laughs> oh, another thing. Did you? I love all. The, basically, I love the global news out of this. Yeah. Like the, I fucking, so this is what uh, I was thinking about. Yeah, Newcastle. Newcastle got, made the Champions League for the first time in ages. Yeah, yeah. Uh, West Ham made a European final, and yet yeah. we're the one dominating all the news. And I love the, the star did a, like an interview. I think maybe Tom, Thomas Craig sent through basically a, an article yeah. for them. Thomas <laughs> Craig is the art is the actor from uh, Coronation Street. We've had on the podcast before. He's a lovely, mm-hmm. lovely guy, and he's mo- probably more famous over here on this side of the pond for his uh, Murdoch Mysteries. Is it called? Yeah, the Canadian. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a PBS motivation show where it is. Um, and he was working in Toronto during the game. And the, if, if you get a chance to read the article and start, it's so good, basically. He's worked, like Tommy, he was at work. He couldn't follow the game whatsoever. So he gets this runner, befriends a runner, <laughs> a spotty teenager. And basically, It was some random guest star, and he did not yeah. know, apparently. Yeah. But never watched <laughs> soccer before. Yeah. <laughs> so he just basically gets this runner to come in and like, basically like signal the score to him. Obviously, there's so many goals going in and the, the cuts. And he says that um, he had to go back into... You watched the last 20 minutes of the... Of the uh, 90 minutes, so he knew it was going back to extra time. And then uh, he did his scene come out again, and he just sees this runner who had no idea what soccer was until two hours ago running towards him to like <laughs> embrace him. It is wild, right? Because, like, 
like podcast, like, you know, major pod, like uh, the Guardians Football Weekly, never talk about Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, the football ramble did like did a whole thing. Like actually, the best match this week was this one instead. Of, and notice you had Pep Guardiola talking about the uh, League One playoff. Uh, I mean, anything I guess to talk not talk about the 115 financial charges so, against them. But <laughs> so, so I do hate that he called us Sheffield though. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah he, knows. he knows. He knows. Better. He played Sheffield United last maybe, year. Fuck maybe, him. Maybe lost in translation. Mm-hmm. Um, no, the the most amazing thing for me about all that was that. Anybody that follows English football at any level either watched the game or heard about the game and understood the importance of the game and the magnitude of the game. And that's what Guardiola's comments were so cool. It's like, this is an English thing. Like, the the football pyramid exists everywhere in the world except our shitty country and what, like Mm -hmm. Australia, I'm sure. Guardiola and everybody that follows English football got it. I can't tell you how many texts, online messages, DMs, message boards, Twitter, random non-Wednesday fans. When, when I was trying to set up a place for the meeting uh, this week, we are going to have a Boston uh, meetup this week for the game, which is pretty dope. But uh, when I was trying to set it up, I called the guy I know at the Phoenix Landing. And the first thing he said before anything else business, he just said, I watched the game, mate. It was amazing. Congratulations. <laughs> and it's like, he's a huge Liverpool fan. Yeah. And it's like anybody, anybody who follows English soccer knows the name Sheffield Wednesday, even if it's just a whisper in the wind, but they, they know what this meant. They know how cool it was. I mean, it's quite literally the greatest comeback in the history of the English playoff system. Uh, which encompasses every town in England. Um, so for for everybody to recognize this and see this, to be part of that, uh, that that's what I've been taking in over the last what, nearly week is re-watching those highlights, enjoying the shit out of them and seeing more and more what a big deal this was. And we got Julie Stewart-Binks down at the uh, <laughs> football factory killing it, you know? Julie Stewart-Binks, people back home that might listen to this, maybe even people in America, She's a sports broadcaster over here in uh, the U.S. Does hockey, does soccer, does a few things. She's the coolest. She's the coolest chick. She she knows her sports. She knows what she's talking about. She's she didn't know Sheffield opinion. Wednesday she apparently. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, Jeff, I'm going to give a pass to like ninety nine percent of Americans on that one. <laughs> uh, but she knew them through her boss. Her boss was um, Fox Sports boss, the Fox Sports boss for a while. Uh, called John T and uh, he's a she- big Sheffield Wednesday fan and uh, basically he was in town from London and uh, brought his ex-staff with him and one of them is the uh, Julie Stewart Binks who uh, is a fantastic person great uh, sports broadcaster and she was really lovely we had a few pictures taken with her and she was properly into it she took some great some great videos of uh, our celebrations uh, a few good photos too including so. you manhandling <laughs> people Ashley <laughs> boss <laughs> Mike, oh, beauty. There is a picture of Patty. Now, the, the football factory, I've been to it. I love being there. Mm. It's a basement. This is Manhattan. This is the floor. Patty, what's going on? Uh, so after the, uh, after the uh, game, How much of your shirt did you leave on the floor trying to get off it? Just from whatever's been <laughs> spilled over there over the years. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. How, I don't know. So basically, um, about the 30th minute when we had a chance, so I think we're 2 0 up. When, when the second goal went in, mm. I said I went to the bar and I got a, a whiskey. I never drink whiskey at, <laughs> uh, at, um, at a 
football factory for various reasons. Um, but, <laughs> I'm not <laughs> even asked what reasons. whiskey it was. No, I said to, said to Tommy first of all, I said, mate, what's your best bourbon you've got? He looked at me like, got, like just blank. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to drink your usual shit. I, I, this is a, this is a stressful time. And he went Evan. <laughs> I can't remember what he gave me. He gave me something else, but it was quite good. But then, I went back for another one. He says, oh, stay there, Paddy. And he brought a bottle of Jameson's to the table for everybody. He's like, okay, just, <laughs> I'm just going to leave this here. And just keep pouring more uh, Jameson's out for us. Um, so I was quite drunk by the end of it, obviously. Um, and then I just felt like after the final shootout, the pitch was taken. I was on the floor laying down, holding my heart, because I felt like I was on a heart attack. Um, I had a heart attack. Um, and then I think it was Jenny took a photo. It's well, I'll tell you what, uh, Paddy, when I showed that to my daughter, who used to work there, she went, Ew. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many mystery bruises from that day. I have no idea what happened to me. I've got a, I've got a gash on my knee and my shin. I just I must have fallen over several times. Before we move on uh, to other things, because we only had we didn't have the extended highlights uh, when we recorded last, I do want to give like a, a sincere shout out to. Rob and John for their commentary on that game. I don't know how. Yeah. When the when the second goal goes in and like Rob's voice is already like cracking badly, I'm like, I don't know how they're gonna make it through. Like through the end of this game, dude. Rob's the best. He was so fired yeah. up. Oh my god! And then the so fourth goal, up. obviously, you just go to a hundred at that point. <laughs> did did I listen to the uh, the beginning of it? Because I think the one the the one the highlights and John yeah. was singing um, "Hi Ho Sheffield Wednesday." He was trying yeah, to get Rob yeah. to sing along with it. Did Rob join in or not? I can't remember. I don't. I don't think he did. Because he was going like, "Come I, on, Rob! Come I on, bet, Rob! Let's sing it! <laughs> sing it!" Like, <laughs> I bet he was mouthing it. Yeah. And just the uh, like, I I it's like I don't know, like you. The the who needs Tom Cruise? We've got Liam Palmer line is obviously going to be etched in Wednesday history. <laughs> and you think like you can't prepare that ahead of time. Like I think there's the like uh did he ooh. reference Mission Impossible before that though? Maybe he's maybe he maybe did he like in the, in the beginning of the yeah, it might have yeah. been. He did say well, he's riffing it. on it, he's riffing. But yeah, on but it's it. just like to come with that because you know, like how do you think Liam Palmer is gonna score the equalizing goal in the 98th minute of the uh, you can't you know, well yeah. That's Just a great riff. Yeah. That's a yeah. great riff. Yeah. Uh, what, so. what an insane thing. Yeah. Just because I know we're going to move on to looking yeah. ahead. I just want to say that I don't know what the fuck's going to happen Monday. None of us do, obviously. But this is just, this is forever what we got. Yeah. So obviously, I it saw... would be disappointing if yeah. we don't win. But then this is. This is a forever Wednesday moment, like forever. Like and for the rest of my time watching this club until I die, hopefully many years, this will be a point, a thumbtack on the board, a, you know, whatever the term you want to use. And I, and I just want to appreciate that. We don't get a lot of those. I saw a thing on talk sport. Cause like, just cause I was watching constant videos, I would just get recommended videos. Where someone on time, like, I don't know why Britain has decided to adopt like Zoo Crew Drive Time Sports Talk Radio as an aesthetic. I don't know why that needs to exist, but I think it's that's what Talk awesome. Sport is, as best I can tell. With some dude just saying, like, oh, take it easy. Like, if you don't win, it does this doesn't mean anything. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah. All you no, all you can do as a sports fan of any sport, but especially if you gotta live in the moment, right? 
That's this, this is, is all you get. You get guaranteed nothing. And this, this is, like I will watch these highlights forever. Uh, and, forever. Yeah. The, forever. They didn't win the they didn't win the League Cup when they beat Arsenal three 0 I still watch those. I still uh, watch the lead six nil. I still same. watch all the highlights. This one will like, I will watch. Do you think Watford one. fans don't remember the Dini the goal. goal well because they didn't go the up on, they didn't go up in playoffs that year? Dini! Dini! Yeah. I, I think the that, greatest that. goal in the history of, of I mean, come on. It was the the Watford one. Everybody's everybody watches that all the time. Come on. No, I think that it'll look. Yes, it'll be a memorable thing forever that we came back from 4-0 down. But there will be an asterisk after it. There'll be a kind of, yes, but we still didn't go up in the final. And that's going to sour it slightly. It's going to be... Patty, I think, I think that's temporary, though. Like, there's no doubt this will happen, right? But when, when we look back on the... Like, do you not remember that Brighton playoff series with such joy and love and remember how amazing that was despite the fucking no show that we had you know two weeks later or whatever it was yeah like like this this is this is that like how much patty tell me you don't fucking occasionally tell people stories about six nothing over leads like that's the, that's the, the, the league game, right? Because that's that's a league yeah. game. So I, I, know what you're I mean, you can look at the win at, you can look at the win in, in Cardiff, and they were back down in League One like four years later. Like here's 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 my here's my argument. This is, Patty. That's four years later. This is a, a week Here, later. Here's my argument, Patty. So much of the recent, so much of the recent history of Sheffield Wednesday Football Club is just absolute dire shit. <laughs> like you have to enjoy it when you get these moments. Like you just yeah. have to. You have no choice. I mean, I'm enjoying it. Everybody, I'm knows. enjoying it right now. I'm just saying, yeah. I want it to be enjoying that's, it. I mean, that's what happened to me Wednesday morning. I, this happened to me this morning when the Michael Smith goal went on the highlight for the 50th time. It was just like, ah. everybody knows. Can we talk about Wolves away? <laughs> well, we will instead, Tommy, take a break, come back to the Wednesday news and cover uh, Barnsley at a particular neutral site of some note. Welcome back. Now it's time for some Wednesday news. Uh, there's not much Wednesday news. They're going to Wembley. I think you might have known Woo! that already. Uh, yeah. I think it seems they have sold out the uh, 39,000 feet allotment as of that has been currently allotted to them. Also not a surprise. I don't know if more tickets will open over the course of the week. I suspect they will. Yeah, uh, good work. I, I never doubted you in any way shape or form really um but there's still people that want to go still so we, we could sell and sell more tickets that's the yeah, message I've that's got. i'm sure um I'm, I, I'm trying to help the argentinian owl uh, get a ticket at the moment i was trying to get him one today but my uh dad's ticket priority points wasn't as good as i thought it would be so i probably got one ticket so yeah they, they can sell another three or four i, th- I think by like the weekend a bunch more will open up and this usually works. I think we're out. already eating into their allocation. I saw something going on about that. I saw someone saying the body's on 25,000, um, which sounds about right for them, right? 16,000. Patty, Patty last time, didn't you have to sit in like the fancy? Uh... Yeah. 
I was fancy the, the fancy bar section and couldn't wear a wear Wednesday shirt. <laughs> that was the rest of me. I was in Club, I was in Club Wembley. <laughs> yeah. I was in Club Wembley, but it was with the whole side of Club Wembley. So it's like two in away, yeah. two blocks away from where Wednesday fans were. And we all came up, obviously, the whole entrance. Mm-hmm. I think me and my dad were the first people there because they just shit themselves and basically cordoned us off in a corner and said, You can't wear those shirts in the whole side. Like you're gonna have a big problem, mate, in a minute. And then so, look, so sure enough, like a hundred Wednesday fans turn over there, escalate to the same time. Like there with us too. I think you have saw them out too. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we just, we just put white shirts on us until we couldn't celebrate. I was like, yeah, that's sure. amazing. Did you keep those shirts? I think yeah, I've got them somewhere. It's like a white Wembley shirt. Uh, then we got to our Club Wembley box, and it was ninety percent Wednesday fans anyway. <laughs> so like, okay, fuck this. And I'm. And I'm sure you didn't celebrate anything. Yeah, no, no, there wasn't much to celebrate. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. celebrated absolutely nothing. Oh, if you can't make it to Wembley and you happen to be listening on iFollow, uh, along with Robin John, there'll be another uh, Wednesday striker of some note in the booth because uh, Eddie Newhue is at the playoff semifinal and uh, will be joining the commentary. I feel like this is uh, great vibes, like Eddie Wait, in the that- commentary booth. He's at the semi-final and he's going to the final too. Did he come back for both? I mean, yeah, I assume the Austrian league is over. He's come to like several games this year, so I don't know how that works exactly. He should be playing. He should be playing. He he showed up for the uh, got interviewed for the Newcastle. I think he did. Yeah, it's good vibes Which, all around. By the way, I watched at uh, the Banshee in Dorchester, where I'm mm. going to be watching again on Monday. We, we scored will, against Man City. We will get to that. He did. He scored twice against Leeds to do the double. And that does bring us to Wembley and Barnsley. So for one more time this year, take it away, Justin. Yeah, I mean, we played them twice this year. We lost both times. Yeah. Um, you Barnsley's heard it here first. A, yeah, Barnsley's a really good team. They finished fourth. Uh, Ten points behind us, I think. Uh, they were plus 33 on the year. Uh, scored a couple less goals than us. Gave up a few more than us, uh, as most teams did. But, you know, we were talking off air about their form coming in. The form wasn't great late in the year. And frankly, they didn't really dominate Bolton in either game. But they also kind of downshifted at the end of the year. This is a a really quality team that hurt us twice. They uh, beat us 2-0 at Hillsborough. Um, That whole game was us making mistakes and then countering and taking advantage of it. And... uh, you know, they were able to finish their chances, win 2 nothing on the road. And and I think most of us remember that uh, return leg at Oakwell where they scored twice, uh, once in the 10th minute and then like 30 seconds after the kickoff to go up 2 nothing. But we scrapped our way back into the game, got a brace from Gregory. They ended up scoring late. Same thing, countering on turnovers and mistakes. Um, so I call the third goal was just a Aiden Flint clearance that bounced off another Wednesday player and landed right at the feet yeah, of we a Wednesday player. Yeah, we didn't clear the lines. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't clear it. Right. And then they we, scored the fourth while Wednesday were chasing the game. Yeah. So it feels like is, six months ago at this point. <laughs> was it? Uh, in, infinity ago. I yeah. barely remember this game though. Yeah. It was this game was a kick in the teeth. I, I think a lot of people kind of attributed that game as being the turning point for us blowing uh, the top of the league. I, I think it was Forrest Green. I, I think you could go to Oakwell and lose to a really quality Barnsley team, and it doesn't fuck your season. Um, but anyway, so who is Barnsley? So they Barnsley is in sh- South Yorkshire, neighboring uh, town city. 
I've uh, publicly declared for multiple years and argued with Patty that it is not a derby. Doesn't really matter However, if it's a derby now. <laughs> it, so this is exactly it. It doesn't really matter. And the simple fact is just based on the geographic location uh, and all that. Like it's, I would call this a local derby. Uh, you have to recognize the uh, ge geographic closeness of the clubs, the overlap, their families like, that I don't, are split over yeah, this game. Like right. I, I gotta, I gotta give it some degree of uh, derby credit. Um, so they are the Tykes. They are a pretty old club, 1887. Which, by the way, come on, the Tykes is very cute. Uh, and they played it not the name course. I generally hear them referred yeah. as, but sure. <laughs> oh, that's that's how it is. Um, they did win the 1912 FA Cup. Got to give them some credit. Um, and as I mentioned before, they were the team that got fucked when the league voted to uh, not relegate Arsenal in 1920, <laughs> even though they should have been relegated. Uh, and they actually have the record for spending more time in the second division than any other club in English football. Um, so if you guys remember, the manager's Michael Duff, famous for playing in all the top eight leagues of the English football pyramid in ascending order from Cheltenham to Burnley, which is really a remarkable uh, stat, is a Northern Irish international, had managed at Cheltenham quite well and jumped to Barnsley. Um, this guy knows what he's doing. He's a really good manager. He motivates well. He's tactically strong. Uh, his teams will definitely play a 3-5-2. Um, when they don't have the ball, they tend to stay pretty compact. They will press with their two forwards and at least one other, whether it is one of the wing backs or one of the central midfielders. They're willing to give you possession, wait for you to make a mistake, hit you on the counter. They like to get the ball out wide and then get it back inside. Um, and they have zero problem dropping back into a back five, which makes it difficult to score on them. Um, what I think is pretty fascinating about them when I saw them play us twice this year is that they dominated the midfield both games. They completely shut down our midfield. They have, they have three technically strong midfielders uh, who were able to play smart and play man-to-man -man on our midfielders and shut down anything that we want to do in the middle of the field well, they were pretty comfortable getting the ball and moving it quickly. Uh, the rest of their team isn't necessarily as skilled, but are all physical, strong, tough players. Um, it's a team that is excellent on free kicks. I believe they led League One in goals off of free kicks. And I know that uh, they led League One in shots from outside, or sorry, goals from outside of the box. And by a Considerable margin, I believe. Another Pete Lohman stat that he pulled out. Uh, they will line up against us with Harry Istad, uh, their goalkeeper in the middle. He's on loan from Luton. Their back, uh, their back three is Kitchen, uh, Liam Kitchen, Mads Anderson, and Bobby Thomas going left to right. And there are, quick math, 10 goals in between those guys. And that speaks to their ability on free kicks. Uh, they'll then have uh, out wide Jordan Williams on the right, Nikki Cadden on the left, five goals, seven assists, six goals, three assists. So they can do some damage from out wide. In the center of the midfield, they have Luca Connell sitting slightly behind Adam Phillips and Herbie Kane. And again, three technically gifted, talented footballers who are comfortable with the ball, also comfortable pressing and uh, attacking quickly. Now, up front in the front, too, we know they're going to bring Devontae Cole. 
Uh, he's got 15 goals and three assists. He's getting one of the two starting spots. They've alternated between James Norwood and uh, Slobodan Tedic up front. Norwood really damaged us both games. I believe he came off the bench for one and uh, started the first one, came off the bench for the second, scored in both. But Tedic is a little bit quicker, a little bit more technical. Um, I believe he was a January pickup. He's got four goals and an assist, but they used him in both games against Bolton. Um, and then one last Pete Lohman stat that's kind of incredible and, and really, you know, before we sort of talk about what we think will happen, um, every single time Barnsley scored first this year, they either won or tied. And every single time Barnsley gave up the first goal, they got a loss or a tie. So that kind of shows you, thanks Pete for the stat, but that kind of shows you how good Barnsley is at playing with a lead and pressuring. Yeah. I watched the second leg. I didn't watch the first leg against, but I watched second leg and not the greatest game of football I've watched in my life. It was a very league one game. Uh, certainly not as exciting as the game I watched the day before, but once they got that first goal in around the 35 minute mark or so, they just basically, again, they invited Bolton in and just bend, but didn't break for the, for the rest of the game. So the interesting thing to me, uh, obviously they had a ton of success with a very aggressive press against Wednesday, the first two games they played them. And- well, but again, it's just, just to cut you off real quick, because I, I think this is huge. Yeah. They're really only going to press you with a front group. And what that what yeah. that causes, the problem for us, is we can't put the ball in the midfield because they're not pressing from the midfield. They're locking down our midfield. Right. But I do, and, and obviously we've seen other teams have success pressing Wednesday this year. It certainly wasn't just Barnsley, they had the most success. I do wonder if they come out in Wembley and play like that. I mean, you, I would think you, they do would. You, do, you would think, but also like, do they get a little, you know, playoff finals can be a little weird, right? You don't necessarily, you know, one ball over the top that, Smith knocks down to Gregory that gets out wide to Johnson and into the box and you're down one, nothing within 10 minutes and everything goes out the window. So I wonder if this is going to be a little more cagey. Now, if I'm Barnsley and look at the way we played Wednesday, the first two games, like, yeah, absolutely. Just stick with what works. But I do wonder, right? Cause playoff finals can be a little weird. Well, but that's, you've, you've hit on what we need to do. Mm-hmm. We, we found space when we came back in that second game, both are both of Gregory's goals that that came in were the exact same thing. They were long balls yep. slightly into the channel that were knocked down, put out wide, and crossed in for a tap in into the box. And that's what you know. We were screaming that in the that second Barnes game. The first yep. one just got away from us too quickly. But the second one, when we were coming back, that was it. Go deep. Just skip the midfield. They have our midfield locked up. They're going to do it again. I would assume. That's fine. You know, uh, you have a you have a fit Gregory. You can put Windass in the in the number ten spot at the furthest point in the midfield to get those knockdowns or to be a little bit more freelance role. If you're if you're gonna try to man mark Windass in that midfield, he's gonna run you all over the place, and that might true. that might that's create space too. So they have a bunch of options. The interesting thing to me is gonna be how they set up the back line for this game because you know it's probably gonna be Gregory and Smith up mm. front with Windass in the number ten with Bannon and and Vox behind them. So. Hegway and Ayor for in. I think you, those are the two we know. You think so? I don't know if I would start so Ayor in this third? game. I would who's be very, one? very tempted to start Palmer and James as the two 
right and left center backs and put Patterson, Patterson back out at right wing back. Yeah. I, I like middle. Patterson back out, but I why not put Palmer back in the number six spot where he played for Vox? I mean, I love I, I, Vox, I think but... I think you need Will Vox in this game. I think you actually and in this the what he offers just a little bit more steel in the midfield. Just a little bit a little bit more calm, can shoot from outside the area, good on the ball. I, I think Vox needs to start in this game. Can you leave one of Windass or Gregory who are have been coming no, back you can't. from injury? Can you That's leave the thing. one of them on you the You gotta bench you gotta play late? your best eleven and you just have to align that how you have to align that. And I think Vox, Patterson, and Palmer have all earned that right. I would be tempted to put Flint in the middle too, but I don't know exactly how that's going to play out. I think Flint's gone off. I think he's uh, he's passed it already. Yeah, I yeah think, it's I think... a lot of games for him, and they're going to play it on the floor too. Is the other thing I think for the most part. So that's when you want a Heckway. I don't think you can uh, drop Reese James. Mm. Um, so I think the back three. I think you you will play stick with I offer. I think it'll be I offer the Equi and man. Uh, I just like. I know what Iorfa is capable of, but I also know what Iorfa is capable of. So that would make me a little nervous. But no, we've the I mean, I get that. You want a little bit more pace and a little bit more defensive nows in that back three. But yeah, I don't know how you drop Patterson after that performance. You don't, and you push him forward the same way that they did. Even if you don't have to play quite as aggressively as you did this past game, I think you push Patterson up because he fills from that right wing back he goes into that exact fucking channel in between their two center backs that you need to put that ball that gets knocked down, held up, yeah. and moved on for a quick goal. I mean, my concern would be, and we saw this against Peterborough to an extent, if they were able to then, when when they did counter, they were able to counter down that right channel because Patterson was just so far forward. And I think if you let Barnsley right. do that, well, it's they're, a little they're bit different channel. game. Yeah, yeah, their left channel. It's a little bit different game. Well, and again, and that's... Here's the thing. When I when I rewatch the extended highlights of both of our games against Barnsley, the, the first game they controlled us more, I, mm-hmm. I thought. Yeah, yeah. But it, especially the second game, and if you really look at all the goals they scored against us, all of them and, and all of their chances were us fucking up and them taking advantage but of I it. But I think it we, was were, not, a little, it was we were a little them. naive about how they were going to play after the first game, too. Like, we well, saw what they did to us. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah. I, I couldn't believe we let them do that to us, even though we knew it was coming. It was an Oakwell, um, yeah. and, and they're going to get their tails up for a game in their house. But, yeah, I, I think if we do the things that we're supposed to do, if we just play our game and don't make a bunch of shitty turnovers – I, I think we're good. You know, I, I think that's I, I think we're good. I think they can take advantage of our mistakes. They can hurt us. But if we line up and both teams play, you know, football to the level they're capable of playing, we're gonna win. We're the better team. I think that's true. And I think if Wednesday get an early goal, which they haven't been able to do against Barnes, so you have these two games. So I do wonder what happens if you know Wednesday were very good at this, right, during their unbeaten run getting that goal on like the 12th minute and then just kind of playing managing the game, managing the game after that tough to do at Wembley tough to do in that environment. But uh, I guess I'll leave it at this. (laughs) It's an interesting way to phrase it, I suppose. Uh, What's our mental state going into this game? Mike, how are you feeling? 
I've said that the last win against Peterborough is going to sustain us. And I don't know if that means us as fans in the next season <laughs> of one, but I think it should sustain the team. There should be a lot of confidence here. I think I think there was enough from the playoffs that the uh, regular season should be rather in the past. Patty. Can you ask you for my mental state or the, or the team's mental no, state? No, yours. I die. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to take Q from the team's mental state and say I'm positive. I don't think you... I don't think you go through the week they just have and not finish the job uh, and not have the mentality to finish the job. We've questioned our mentality several uh, Mm -hmm. years now. Uh, And we've got a a kind of label of bottle jobs. Now, they've kind of shaken that off on Thursday. But I think they'll have the, the psychologist guy in there with them all week again and say, look, you've done that. Imagine what you can do to Barnsley. Uh, so I think I think we, we might if if they get it all right again tactically, I think it could be a really strong performance again, and I think we might get two or three against them. Tommy, I tell you what, it's uh, I I think we're I think we're gonna go down one and then win three one because Darren Moore has. Prepper, he's he's gotten the preparation straight away. It's it's. He's... I would like him prepare uh, to prepare not to concede against Barnsley. Ideally, but sure. But however, he, all he all he's talking about is preparation. Tommy, apparently there's there's thirty five to one odds out there on gambling sites on Barnsley scoring first and Wednesday winning the game. Thirty-five to one. So if you believe that, then hundo <laughs> down. No, I tell you what, if, take if your I lovely were, wife on a vacation. You know what? I'm going to give Patty ten bucks, and I'm gonna, because we can't bet here in South Carolina. So I'm going to give Patty ten bucks to put that on there for entertainment purposes first. Only. <laughs> I'll take my half cut out of that too, Tommy, as well. So you get five bucks down, okay? Justin, that's you. half the winnings, though, man. bud. Half the winnings. <laughs> How are you feeling, Justin? Uh, today, <laughs> great, man. Wednesday, fine, man. I'm gonna be preening and confident and lovely all weekend, and by kickoff Monday, I'm gonna be shitting my pants, uh, uh and terribly like. We, how long have we been talking about, oh, we'll probably make it to the playoff final and lose to Barnsley and Wembley? Like, it is, it is, everything is set up to be the best. <sighs> everything is set up to be the worst. Uh, no, I, I like it, man. I, I think this is a really big challenge. I think Barnsley is a quality team. They match up well with us, but, um, and I, I do, do not like the midfield matchup. I, I would love having George Byers for this game. It's not going to happen. That is what it is. Um, but yeah, man, I'm 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 confident that that we can win this game, and I'm really looking forward to watching. It's going to be intense. I don't know where I don't know where I am. Uh, I'm not going to ask for score predictions because I'm not even going to tempt fate after the last time Coward. I did that. So I don't know where I am. Like. 
I don't care that it's Barnsley. Like, I just don't want to lose to anyone in this spot, right? The fact that it's Barnsley doesn't really affect me. I've seen one Barnsley fan in like all the games I've gone to at the football factory against Barnsley over the years. So it just doesn't. I mean, I'm sure it matters more if you if you live in South Yorkshire. And, and that's fair enough. I understand that. But just, again, I said all those things in the first half of the show. Like, it's, you got to enjoy. You got to enjoy the day as it comes. And yeah, no matter what happens on Monday, they can't take 5-1, 5-3 penalties away from you. But man, like, you've seen what this squad can do. You've seen what this fan base can do. And you've seen what Sunderland did when they got into the championship last year through the playoffs. And look, I'm not saying that's going to happen. But the the possibility, just you get that one step away from the Premier League. We're all Wednesday out way. And look, fucking Justin will be here reviewing Millwall and Red. Oh, Redding went down, didn't they? Did Redding get relegated? Redding did go down. Okay, yeah. so not Redding. I think you know, well, I mean, it'll be Ipswich Town, but they were there. I'm How about Millwall QPR? There's a QPR. That's a, yeah, match. the fucking Blackburn Rovers. I wanna, Regardless, we're, we're all Wednesday and we're going to go up, right? Uh, Tommy? This has been episode yep. 218 of the Alice Americas. Sheffield Wednesday. Do we, do we need to do meetups? We got to promote meetups. That is the whole If you're still listening, Patty, list off all the meetups. The only reason Patty's watch here. watch on Monday. Um, yes. The reason why I'm on the podcast. Um, I am the meetup guy. Uh, right. I have arranged meetups everywhere around the country. Um, Even Patty? cities you've never been to, apparently. Yeah, yeah. I'm calling places in San Francisco and Chiffin, L.A., um, I don't know where else I've called this week, but anyway, we have got ten meetups um, currently confirmed. Nice. I expect I expect many more. If I'm honest with you, um, I'll go from the top of the list. We've got the Harp Inn in Orange County, California. Yeah, uh, South LA, pretty much. Um, our friend Mike, uh, the, where is this? We got spare room, Mike. Portland. <laughs> spare room. Is this a bowling alley? I found this out. The spare room used to be a bowling alley. It is now a <laughs> Yoki bar. They open at 7 a.m. daily for American diner food. Uh, Portland Spurs. <laughs> they have an ESPN Plus Spurs. subscription, apparently, which I can't get in Salt Lake City. <laughs> so, you're probably your own HDMI hookup, yeah. yeah. We're happy. Awesome. Spare room restaurant and lounge in Portland, if you're in Portland. San Francisco, hot off the press, just confirmed it like 10 minutes ago. Uh, hey, they're hey. they meeting at the Kazar Pub. Um, which is a change of plan from the original McTeague. So the Kazar pub will have it on at 7 a.m. Colorado Springs. And this is one of the best attended so far. RSVP'd Colorado Springs has got eight people. RSVP'd. Do I need to take a drive out there? That's only eight hours for me. (laughs) Eight hours away. They're a a wonderfully named uh, pub called the Great British Food No balls, Jeff! (laughs) What was it, Patty? It was Have another bullet Manhattan, Tommy. <laughs> the Great British oh, well. Food Company. I heckled by my own team. <laughs> the Great British Food Company in uh, Colorado Springs will be showing the game. Uh, Finn McCool's obviously in New Orleans. However, Jamie's not in New Orleans. He's in like, Florida somewhere, and he might be having his own meetup in Florida. So stay tuned for a weird Florida town. Um, Milwaukee, speaking of weird towns, Three Lions Pub. Uh, our friend Spencer is back at the Milwaukee Pub. New York, of course, football factory at Legends. Downstairs is 21s only. Upstairs is open for families and, under, and over 20, yeah, and under 21s too. 
Charleston, our boy Tommy Byrne. Now you can scream. Hey, scream. Hey. in Somerville. Um, Orlando, we confirmed with the Harp and Kelt, um, our bar down there, that they are going to open. Spe- a lot of these bars are open, especially for us, by the way. This is the League One final on Memorial Day. Uh, 10 o'clock in the morning, kick off there. They'll open at 9. We drink a lot. It's fine. Yeah, they're not, they're not concerned in Orlando. They know the Wednesday fans there. We've been there a few times. And then last, but by no means least, is the Banshee in uh, Boston, which Justin, Graham, and a few others, uh, maybe newbies, uh, joining you. I, I, I think, oh, I think yeah, we're going to get a I few say. more. I think we're going to get a few more. <sighs> and I will say this, too. I'm, I'm lifetime undefeated watching Wednesday at the Banshee. Oh, nice. So I'm just, just noting that. Just <laughs> noting that. So, there's, Patty, still more, there's still be more to go, right? So if you if you yeah, want Patty. to you know, I'm getting heckled again. Christ, <laughs> we got Chicago and a few others that are so yes. close. Yeah, so we have some very close pushing over the line. Chicago, they're looking at AJ Hudson's or the Globe, but it might fall to others. So basically go to our islesamericas.com. Uh, you'll see the meetups going on there. You'll get to our page. Yeah, I'm looking daily. at I'm looking at possibly 15, 20 to the Charleston meetup. Awesome. At Madurua. So also, if you so take your pictures, pictures, yeah, we get them on yeah. the, I get them on the Insta. Um, It'll just be uh, me in my uh, living room screaming at the TV <laughs> with a large pot of cold brew and probably some other things. Um, that's great, if you want to have guys. a meetup in Utah, let me know. There's a few coffee places that open. Uh, oh, that's really some, just some shout outs to people that have done similar uh, campaigns to yours, Jeff, there. Mm-hmm. Des Moines. Des Moines, Iowa. If anyone's in Des Moines, Iowa, who wants to meet up there? Here we go, Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, they still haven't had anything in Columbus, Ohio yet? Columbus, Ohio, someone wants to uh, meet up there. Uh, not many people are Halifax. <laughs> yeah. It's just going to be Dimmy at uh... <laughs> what's it called? That's the, fine. the niche oh, lounge. Where's Dimmy? Where's Dimmy? Dimmy doesn't even know yet. He's just put a Facebook event saying we're meeting up, but not uh, to, to be determined. So um, if you know Nova Scotia, someone there. there's someone in um, Kansas, Bando. Missouri. Play back on. Mike, sorry. Go on. That's right. Bend, Oregon. People out in Eastern Oregon, you you crazy ultra athletes who are fly fishing and stuff out there. Some Someone's looking for a place. Bend, Oregon. If you are in one of these places, go to the Isles of America's forum on Facebook, and uh, it's, it's great to just find people. We thought we had one person in San Francisco. We found six already, so... It can happen. Check check all the socials. It'll get sent out there. Yes. Don't do, uh, how many times like how many times do you get to Wembley, really, is the thing. Let's somebody shout uh, out let's let's yeah. shout out and shame the cities that usually meet up and haven't got in touch yet. <laughs> sure. Atlanta, Atlanta, where are you? I've got the other way, um, Delia Smith. Where are you? <laughs> Charlotte, North Carolina, where are you? Um yeah, so this is city's still uh, to be booked up, so Keep an eye on the page. When I was listening to the football ramble before they got to the uh, part where Sheffield Wednesday was the best game of the night, they didn't mention this is the first uh, final that David Moyes has gotten to as a manager, or second final, because he got to one FA up, FA Cup final with Everton. Okay, okay. So you don't get many of these. Like it's it's League One. I get that it's League One. You don't get many of these. You got to at least enjoy it a little bit. I mean, literally, as as Justin said, until like five minutes before kickoff, when I remember, I'll tell this story. Uh, Patty was over at Wembley the last time we were there. 
So I, I, I had to take responsibility to organize stuff at the football factory. And I got there like two hours before kickoff. Had a couple beers upstairs just to like calm the nerves a little bit. And these two like Newcastle tourists come in. I don't think Newcastle was playing. I'm pretty sure it was the same day as the Champions League final. I remember that. That was the Madrid Atleti. Yeah. No, was it the second one? Yeah. yeah. The second one. Yeah. Oh, I've got Newcastle opinions. Yeah, but, but that's fair. But th- these these two very nice Newcastle fans just saw me there in the Sheffield Wednesday shirt. They were like tourists and just want to take a picture with me. This weird American Wednesday fad. I had a third beer downstairs. Again, I tried to like organize things. It was an absolute shit show. The place was packed out. And just, but it was like really until the Diame goal went in, it was great. Like it's just, you don't, there's very few games like this. We talked about them already, right? Obviously the comeback against Peterborough, the two legs of the Brighton semifinal, the Arsenal game, the Leeds game, you know, going further back, the Millennium Stadium, Going further, and no, not going further back, going further forward, like the Marcus Tudgay goal. And, and I, like, there's just, but there's so very few games like that. And I love the Marcus Tudgay goal. <laughs> it's going to suck for 90, 120 plus pens, whatever it is. It's going to suck. But you have to try to enjoy it for what it is, because these only come around so many times and there's going to be at least 39,000, probably a a fair few more Wednesday fans hacking out Wembley. And you look at the players in this squad, the people we've talked about already, obviously Barry Bannon has been there. Liam Palmer, their most experienced player. (laughs) Uh, Jack Hunt is scoring. Like again, as we talked about 800 minutes of league football this year comes up, for the fifth penalty and chips it top corner. The stories that haven't been written yet and that might get written at Wembley. Like How about Stockdale, right? We yeah, talked who, about him a while ago, his whole career. Yeah. Maybe like go to sleep, David. You don't need to be retweeting all America at 6 a.m. <laughs> the next day. Sure he does. Sure he does. It does seem like the entire squad was out on the lash all day, like, which fair enough, right? They got 10 days off. Take a day, two, three wasn't until this morning it really hit for me but just try to enjoy it like who knows what's going to happen i will say uh before we before we actually do the the outro my favorite moment of the inside match day of all of them after they win everybody's coming down the tunnel they're mobbing bannon like windass looks exhausted just like laid over cameron dawson and then behind all of them is dennis adenarin who did not feature he was in the squad but did not play absolutely freaking out and it's just like he's all of us right he had to watch that entire thing from the sideline all the craziness for 120 minutes plus penalties i just could not believe what he saw i'll tell you what dennis adenarin gets into the game on monday i think he's got something in him because how do you not watch that and just absolutely lay it all on the line at wembley so again story is still to be written i don't know who's going to put their name in the history book on either team but i'm very excited to see what happens until five minutes before kickoff and then i will just absolutely be miserable but this has been episode 218 of the ls americas sheffield wednesday opinion with an american accent you can find us on the internet at ls check regularly between now and monday for meetups across the country 
countries, Fuck. multiple countries, probably. And you can find and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Owls Americas. Our podcast intro and bumpers, my fellow Wednesday is Driver the Makers. The podcast, wherever you get podcasts, you're listening to this, you know where to get us. And wherever you do get us, we ask that you rate and review the show with our four Wednesdays. Find our ramblings. Tommy is not on Twitter. Uh, Tommy, I'm not going to ask you for a score prediction. I'm going to ask you this, and I will ask everyone this if they want to prepare ahead of time, Justin, this week. What shirt will you be wearing for the playoff final? Are you asking me first? No, I'm asking Tommy, who's the first one oh, I yeah. went to. I think Tommy's got definitely cut off. I had him go, Rah! and then yeah, it's, it's Tommy's done. I'm right. asking you now, Justin, who's on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I'm amazed by Tommy's frozen screen of him. Oh, there, there goes Tommy. Off. There it is. Um, so I know I think we're technically the road team, but we will still be wearing blue and white stripes. The home team, I'm they're higher seed. Uh, I thought I saw something where they were It'll be blue and white against you. It doesn't matter. It, as long as they're not wearing white, white shorts, I don't care. The uh, I rotate through my shirts based on quality of performance and and often results but usually just quality of performance but my current good luck uh blue and white shirt is indeed the uh replica 1991 uh league cup final milk cup final asda uh shirt so i'll be wearing that on monday patty is on twitter at new york owls patty what shirt will you be wearing to the football factory i've got a bit of a quandary because on uh, thursday for the comeback I went as protest in black. I wore a black plain t-shirt. Buddy, I got news what you're wearing for the <laughs> I like and obviously uh I wore the protest to the death of the season. And yet all the photos of, uh, of the New York Cows were all not wearing shirts for the first time in ages. We all kind of like went up there thinking nothing's gonna happen. So um yeah, maybe I wear a black t-shirt or a plain black t-shirt. What else is on your menu? You must have mulled this over a little bit. What else are you kind of thinking about? If you're going to well, wear a blue and white, what are you wearing? If I wear blue and white, it'll be the, the one that's like camo backed. You know, like the blue and white stripes from like three or four years ago. Yeah, yeah. Which, like, not camo, of... like pixelated. No, no, not pixelated. No, there was, was a camo one. That was the one they had the gray away yeah. shirt that was also camo. Yeah, yeah. That kind the of blue and white yeah, was yeah, also yeah. camo I love for some reason. Shirt. Okay. I went out that one because it's one of the rare blue and white shirts that still fit me because I've got a bit of pounds back <laughs> on me again. So I can't wear the seasons because it's too tight. It's like two sizes too small. So Mike is on Twitter at Cascadia Owls. Mike, your shirt choice for Monday. Yeah, I'm torn. The uh for most of the unbeaten run, I wore the Owls America's uh kit. But last week I like Patty, I pretended there wasn't a game on, so I didn't wear anything. And then I threw on the pulp. Uh, kit from a couple years ago, the pulp fundraiser for Children's Hospital, and that's where I watched the uh, the penalty shootout from. So I'll probably toss a coin and probably go pulp. I I think you should wear nothing but bring the shirt, and then in the 90th minute, throw the pulp shirt on and watch. There us. <laughs> okay, I like that. Ease to victory. I'm on uh, Twitter. One thing, wait, what do we do to say about superstitions, right? So last year, Paul brought a plastic uh, owl from Amazon and painted it blue and put a plaque on it saying uh, Wednesday playoff 2022. Obviously, like the first three games since he's bought that owl, we've been dreadful. 
So <laughs> at the end of the game, and smash it with a hammer. <laughs> half time, half time in the first leg against Peterborough, one of the owls took it upstairs and just put it outside. I thought he killed it, but operating in the bin. So we joke about putting it in the bin. Craig comes back downstairs and what are you done with it? Oh, it's just outside. Think about what it's done. <laughs> that was a half time. <laughs> then a full time. No, before that, the owner of the legends comes down the stairs saying, I found an owl outside. <laughs> like, no, get Let out. Back. Get Let back. Back. <laughs> so he's like, what the fuck is going on? We put it back outside. And then after we lost 4 0, we went upstairs and Paul just smashed it <laughs> against the, uh, the bar, like wall. And like this guy goes, what are you doing? It's like, it's mine, it's mine, it's my owl to destroy. <laughs> uh, so we just kicked his head in, basically, and I had to do it in the bin. Um, so the playoff owl is no more, and it's... Uh, been so we're, Paddy, we're undefeated since the owl sacrifice. Yes, love we're 5-1 love up. It. I'm on love Twitter, at Jeff Paternostro. I don't believe in Lucky Wednesday shirts for obvious reasons, because every Wednesday shirt I've ever owned and ever worn has at some point seen a horrible defeat. <laughs> but... Uh, last Thursday, I wore the uh, Children's Hospital of Sheffield Puma one. So I'll probably pull that on Monday morning at 7.30. And whatever happens, because we are, uh, I guess, I guess obligated 280 episodes in to do another one. We'll see you back here next week. <laughs>